Welcome to From the Pulpit, the sermon podcast of St. Matthias Anglican Church in Katy, Texas. Today's sermon was delivered by Father Jason Grote on Christmas Eve, December 24th, 2017. Heavenly Father, on this most holy night, we give you such great thanks that you have sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to be born of a virgin. Bless our time tonight, we pray, that as we celebrate and gather together in this special worship service, and as we consider the topic of an inconvenient Christmas in this sermon, that your Spirit would renew and deepen our appreciation of that most wonderful gift of Jesus, through whom we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Thirty-nine verses, less than 900 words. That's everything that Matthew and Luke wrote about the birth of Jesus. If you add Jesus' genealogies and the birth of John the Baptist, you can more than triple its length. But if you go the other direction and you remove the Magi, who, as we know, were probably never actually at the manger on the first Christmas night, it drops even from 39 verses down to just 28. That's what one author of an article in Christianity Today wrote a few years ago. 39 verses and less than 900 words. And I think that if my sermon tonight was only 39 sentences, some of you might think that I gave you one of the best Christmas gifts ever. (laughs) But if I were to do that, That would only give me 31 more sentences because I've already used up 8 of the 39. (laughs) So I actually think that you know I'm going to preach more than 39 sentences tonight. Actually, according to Microsoft Word, I'll be preaching 178 sentences. So a little longer than Matthew and Luke, but not completely over the top tonight. As I prayed in that opening prayer, I said that we would be considering the inconvenience of Christmas. I mean, if we really think about it, Christmas is certainly inconvenient, isn't it? I mean, think of the temporal aspects of our Christmas celebrations. Here we are at about 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock in the evening. Others will struggle against the hours of the night and heavy eyelids, and they're going to venture out for various midnight masses across the world. If it were any other night... I mean, would you go out that late for a church service? We struggle to come to church if it isn't the usual Sunday morning service. But yet Christmas is different, and we suffer that inconvenience. But it goes beyond just our worship service. Let's think about other things associated with Christmas. How about Christmas shopping? Lines in the mall, racking our brains, trying to figure out just what to buy. Credit card charges piling up that will all become due in January. Or how about spending hours decorating our houses with lights and trees and garland, only to take them all down just a few weeks later? Or if you're hosting Christmas dinner, well, then you have to get the house ready. You have to clean it because other people can't see some of the normal squalor that we're comfortable living with. In addition, you have to go to the store and get all the food and prepare it all. And if you aren't hosting, then you have the Christmas shuffle. You have to travel, 
fighting with the airport security lines, travel delays, either that or driving, sometimes through snow or sitting in traffic jams as everyone else joins you on their holiday trek. And don't even get me started with the inconvenience of Santa's devilish elves. The greatest inconvenience, at least for adults, or at least for me, are all the great toys our children receive under the tree. And we as parents have to try and put a smile on our face as we curse under our breath at those indestructible and impenetrable plastic containers and all the little strings and ties that hold the toys in place. I mean, I get that the sleigh ride may be rough as Santa travels at near light speed, but come on. I don't think that every single little toy and arm and leg and every single strand of hair on a doll need to be that secured. Now, these are just some of the inconveniences of Christmas. And obviously, I say some of those things to be humorous, since we can all relate to those. Yet, you know I'm going to turn the corner, and I'm going to change direction. You know I don't intend for us simply to look at the inconveniences of our temporal celebrations of this holiday. Instead, I wish for us to think about the inconvenience of that first holy day, Christmas. As the Oak Ridge Boys once sang, the most inconvenient Christmas there ever was, was the first one, when God came so far to give himself to us. And that's what I want us to meditate upon tonight. And I won't go through all the inconveniences, but at least in short form and in a few examples, let's consider the inconvenience of Christmas. That first Christmas, imagine it. And what do you picture? It's probably something serene. It's probably like all the Christmas cards. It's probably like all the Christmas carols. It's dark, it's silent, it's sweet, it's cozy. All the animals gathered around, the shepherds showing up, the wise men, Mary and Joseph, and of course Jesus wrapped in his swaddling clothes, fast asleep in the manger. But is that really Christmas? Let's start with the conception of Jesus. Mary and Joseph are engaged to be married. They're betrothed, but they have yet to go through the ceremony and then consummate their marriage. And yet the young virgin Mary pops up pregnant. What was that like for Joseph? Next Sunday, on the first Sunday after Christmas, our appointed gospel lesson will present the angel coming to Joseph. And that message is, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary to be your wife. What was Joseph afraid of? Still marrying Mary. Joseph wanted to put away Mary. He thought she was pregnant by someone else. He thought Mary was unfaithful. And even if Mary told him what she learned from the angel Gabriel, and even if he believed it from her mouth, at first his desire was, Lord, not me. I didn't sign up for this. Only after the angel speaks to him directly does he respond. So this was inconvenient for Mary and Joseph, having to put up with everybody else's criticisms and snide remarks. I mean, you know the kind, the remarks that everyone else says but won't actually say to your face. Yet you know that they're talking negatively about you, even while they smile at you. 
But that's not all. Then there's this timing of the birth. We're told in the gospel narratives that Mary and Joseph had to leave their home to go to Bethlehem. And this wasn't because Mary was pregnant. It was because of the Roman census that was being taken. And how pregnant was Mary? We're not really told, but we know that she was close enough to birth that she ended up giving birth while she was in Bethlehem. Now, I don't know about you, but one might think that if God knows everything, what we call omniscience, then couldn't God have, or even better, shouldn't God have, better time the pregnancy of Mary? Shouldn't God have made it such that she could have given birth in her own home, without all of the travel and the hoopla of the situation. If our wife is about to give birth, chances are that we don't go doing too much traveling. We sort of plan around that, don't we? But God, the one who orders all things according to his will, seems to time this whole thing such that Mary and Joseph would have to travel with her being nine months pregnant and then give birth in a home that wasn't theirs. And on top of that, after the birth, when we get to the story of Herod and slaughtering all the two-year-old boys and younger in an attempt to kill Jesus, the Holy Family has to move all the way to Egypt. They had to leave everything. Family, friends, business. Holy inconvenient. And the last inconvenience for tonight, because I don't want to go on forever, is the inconvenience of the people of Bethlehem. I don't know if you've ever thought of this or not, and I know that I never thought about it until I was contemplating and meditating upon this topic for tonight. But wasn't the birth inconvenient for the town of Bethlehem? We sing songs of it being the nighttime, and it was. We sing songs like Silent Night, It Came Upon the Midnight Clear, and so on. And we envision this peaceful and and calm time. But mothers... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that Mary was so silent that night. I wasn't there for the birth, so I can't attest to it, but I imagine it was like every other mother that has given natural childbirth. So here it was at nighttime. Everyone in the town is settled down, and this wasn't a huge town. Bethlehem back then is not the same as Bethlehem as it is found today. It was about 300 people. Maybe a few more people, up to a thousand as some people might estimate. So in some respect, we're talking about a small Texas town, the kind that has one red light. It was quiet outside. People were settled down. And suddenly, almost like the angels bursting into worship before the shepherds, Mary starts screaming out in pain. She's enduring the pain that was promised as a part of the Genesis curse. In pain, said God shall you bring forth children. Amidst the peace of night comes the cry of Jesus' birth, and those around all heard it. Their peace was disrupted and inconvenienced by that birth of Jesus. These things aren't necessarily the normal pictures we have of Christmas. And I've only brought up a few examples, but it seems in every way that that birth was certainly inconvenient. I mean, that's the truth of the matter. The birth of Jesus is an inconvenience. And friends, that inconvenience wasn't just 2,000 years ago. It's an inconvenience even now. 
The birth of Jesus in our lives is an inconvenience. What it means to be a Christian as we live our lives, that's inconvenient compared to the easy road. God is an inconvenience in our lives, and perhaps that is purposeful. If it were ordinary, if it were mundane, would we really take notice? Would we really bat an eye? And sometimes when our faith dries up, so to speak, when the well of our hearts and our souls run a little dry, and our life with God doesn't seem so exciting and fresh, maybe it's because we've made it something more convenient. Maybe it's because we've made Jesus an everyday, ordinary thing. But then God bursts forth like he did that first Christmas night so long ago, making life inconvenient for us so that we would notice his work and his love for us. Because ultimately, that is what the Christmas inconvenience is about. It really is about blessing. It really is about his work and his gift. It's really about his love for us. It's about God's own inconvenience for the sake of blessing us and giving us what we truly need. I mentioned different inconveniences from the earthly perspective of Jesus' birth. But the ultimate inconvenience was that of God's. God, for the sake of his family, inconvenienced the heck out of himself. And why? So that he could give to us that gift which we could never provide for ourselves. God himself, the second person of the Trinity, took upon himself flesh and was born so that he could die and rise again as that perfect sacrifice for our sins. God was born so that we could be forgiven. God gave his only son, as we quote from John 3.16, out of his own love, so that we might have eternal life. God was born so that we could be forgiven. Friends, try as we may. That is the one gift that can never be placed under a Christmas tree by any of us. That is the one Christmas gift that even Santa can't bring us. It is the one gift that can only come from God himself. And that's God's Christmas gift to us. That inconvenient babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger so long ago. That's God's Christmas gift to me. That's God's Christmas gift to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We pray that God's Spirit has spoken to you and blessed you today through this sermon. If you would like to learn more about St. Matthias Anglican Church, you can visit us on the web at www.stmkaty.org.